Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Well, if you have your Bibles ready today, we'll be continuing our verse-by-verse study as we just finished Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, now we'll begin Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Uh, that's our study today, so we'll be in verses 1 through 7 as we look at Paul the Apostle, prisoner for Christ Jesus, called minister by Jesus on the road to Damascus. The other thing that's going to be shared is the mystery revealed. We're going to learn about how the gospel was to go out to the Gentiles. Uh, it's a beautiful piece of scripture, so I just entitled this simply, The Minister and the Mystery Revealed. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. The, the, what Paul is given, though, is a special revelation. And why is Paul given a special revelation? Because it has been specifically given to him, and, and special revelation happens in this way. It's either through a dream, a vision, the written word of God, our Christ has appeared to you. And what do we know from where we first started the study? Christ appeared to Paul and told him. So that special revelation was given to Paul. And Paul was going to be a minister to the Gentiles. He was going to share and, 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 and bring them to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and it's through that, that revelation that Paul allows them to know that their fellow heirs are of the same body. They're partakers of his promise through the gospel. And, and Paul even talks about that in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. It says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which I was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor I was taught it, but it came to the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the smartest man in Jerusalem. And he didn't have this gospel. It was given to him by Christ. This is what you're going to share. This is why it needs to be shared. And so we, we see uh, that Paul was given to it. And, and this is the same Paul that watched Stephen be stoned to death of Saul of Tarsus. And that's the beauty of it is, is God uses us. When we... We may not see anything of use. We, go, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, there's nothing here that God could use. How dare you? There's everything in you that God can use. God loves you. And God wants to use you. But remember, you have what they call free will. It's your choice. That's why Paul and Barnabas, they go and they share the gospel. Of, and they go out to the Gentiles and share it to them. You know, one of the things I love is that when, when you look at Paul's life, it's like a light switch. 
He's going one direction, barreling to destroy the church. The way. And then Jesus shows up and He turns around and does that 180. And turns to Jesus. We had a young man that was at the high school. um, And Lena had told me that the teachers didn't recognize him anymore. He would show up at class high every class. Lost. But he went to the whosoever event. And gave his life to Jesus Christ. And is hungry for the word of God. Light switch went off. The kid's actually showing up to class. And she goes, I don't recognize him anymore. And that's what should happen. You should not look like your old self. You're a new creation in Christ. It's the beauty of the gospel. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4 it says, By which... When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So Paul was saying, hey, look, this is, this is something that you need to understand. There's no more fighting. That's why he was talking. We're one in Christ. We're no more, there's no more Jew and Gentile. We're all followers of Christ. And Paul is near his death when he's writing this. So, you know, he is, he's been spending a lot of time processing how he was going to write this out, this mystery. And through the Holy Spirit, Paul writes it out and is given. And this would have been something the church would have known because of all the churches that Paul had planted. But it says in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of man as it is now revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And so one thing that we do need to make sure we understand is that God has always been in the business of saving people. Okay? So when you read that, you're thinking, okay, well, I guess the Gentiles couldn't be with God until Acts chapter 2. That's not true. You can read in Scripture, uh, throughout Scripture, that, that God was trying to reach the Gentiles. In Isaiah chapter 53, uh, 56, verse 3, and eight, uh, 3 through 8, it says, Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speaking, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Now let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. Thus, uh, for thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and chose that pleases me and hold my fast covenant, even to them I will give my house and within my walls a place and a name better that the sons uh, and daughters I will give them everlasting life that they should not be cut off. Also the sons of the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to, to his servants, everyone who kept uh, from defiling the Sabbath and to hold fast my covenants, even them I will bring to the holy mountain and I will make a joyful, uh, I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations." The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel, yes, yes, uh, yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. We see something that's very important there. He says the house of prayer. Now remember I shared that verse with you all last week uh, in Matthew chapter 21 as we talked about uh, when Jesus said and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. The area where they were actually doing the, mer- the merchandise and selling of the products, 
that Jesus, when he overturns the table, that was the place the Gentiles were supposed to worship. You can't tell me the Bible's not. That's the beauty of the Bible. That it ties into what Paul is writing. It ties into Isaiah. It ties into uh, to what Jesus is saying. It's a house of prayer. And it's a house of prayer. And, and, and the Gentiles had access to God. They had access to God. They had to keep the Sabbath. But now, they, because they can follow Jesus Christ, that new revelation to the Jews, this would have been hard because, again, remember I told you all, they hated each other. They hated each other. And now they're telling them, hey, uh, Jesus dissolves the wall. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Jesus is ministering to the Jews and the Gentiles. And, and even when Jesus was here on earth, he was ministering to the Samaritans, who the Jews hated. In John 4, verses 9 through 10, it says, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asked a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Not Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus was always about getting the gospel to the Gentiles. And he's telling Paul that hasn't changed. And these young churches, you can't be pushing people out or trying to make them turn into something they're not by following the Sabbath, following the dietary laws, following the covenant made by the Jews. It's like that, that's done. You're one body. You're followers of Christ now. Those things don't save you. It's only Jesus. And that's why he says in verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in the gospel, uh, in Christ through the gospel. And that goes all the way back to Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he, he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham. Or to, uh, to his seed through the law, but through the, the righteousness of faith. So it's through the righteousness of faith. And so that's what we need to remember is Jesus is the new Adam. He had no sin. He defeated death. And we are to be brought as one, as the same body. And through Christ he makes peace. That's why he says in, verse, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, creating himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. How can mission divine happen? Because we all believe in Jesus Christ. We all believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. And all these different churches and even people who do not believe in Christ come and serve. And there have been testimonies given on top of rooftops and people coming to faith because of mission divine and and it's the beauty of christ that's what god does through his son our last point is the minister of the gift of grace and says of which i become a minister according to the gift of grace of god given to me by effective working of his power 
So Paul stressed here, and, and, and one of the things he's saying, he takes honor in being a servant of God. That he gets to give the gospel of, of God's grace that is given to him through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, it says, If indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to you, every creature under heaven, of which I became a minister. Paul was a minister for Jesus Christ. Now, here's the fun thing. Paul was called by Jesus. And, and what happens a lot of times is, is people will gravitate to titles or they'll gravitate to, you know, worship or teaching. Because they're what? In front of a camera. I'm being seen, right? And, and I always say you need to allow God to, to move in you and let you serve. Uh, we are all called to serve, and we, I, I love Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, in which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, God has prepared good works. If you are His follower, He has something that He has called you to do. Many things that He's calling you to do. Because it's works, not work. You don't do one thing and you go, okay, I'm done. He's got plenty of things for you to do. But we're all called to be servants. But we're not all called to be pastors or ministers or preachers. That's a calling. To me, it's a calling to lead worship. It's a hard thing to do. It really is. And, and I mean, they're basically going over the theology of what the scriptures are for the word, the words for that week and trying to match worship to it. It's tough. It's a heavy responsibility. So before you think that it's time for me to grab a guitar and jump up on stage, or I can teach, there's a lot that God wants to trust you with first before he lets you do those things. Right? I started serving in sound. A lot of pastors started in the chair ministry. Pastor Rod um, uh, Carver, he did chair ministry for the youth in, in, uh, in California. Joe did chair ministry in Albuquerque, New Mexico with Pastor Skip. They would put chairs up, put chairs back. And they did that for a little while. And that's how they served. And you know what? I want, one of the things I want you to understand is like, you may look at yourself and go, there's nothing that God can use here. Or you may undervalue yourself. Well, I, I'll just pick up trash. But man, God has a calling for your life that, that goes beyond that one thing that you're looking at. And he's just asking you to be obedient in that one thing he's asking you to do. When you take that step of faith, that's what he's asking you to do. Now, we're all called to be servants in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 45. It says, Yet shall, uh, shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be, uh, shall be your servant. And whoever you desire to be first shall be a slave to all. So if you want this pulpit... You'll be a slave to all. If you're leading a ministry, 
you're a slave to all. If you're a husband and father, you're a slave to all. You're the priest, the pastor of your home. Men don't get out of it regardless. And if you're not, don't have kids yet, you know, God is preparing you to be a slave for all as men. You lead. That's what we do. Whenever we lead a ministry, God is calling us to, to serve others. But it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, does it say anything in there that the Son of Man came to serve the church? So there are many other places you can serve in the community. You can serve your family. Right now, you may be in a time in your life where that's all you can do because all your kids are, are small. Be a servant to your family. That's, that may be where you're at. But it's, it's a reminder to us that man, Paul was, was, became a minister, was called to become a minister to preach this gospel. And Paul did it. Paul did it based on a couple of things. I mean, Paul shook off a bite from a snake through the power of the Holy Spirit, not because of Paul. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to remember that when you step out to serve, you're not doing it in your own power. You're doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. We take a step in faith. I have never taught in my life. And you're probably going, yeah, I get it. I can see that. But I've never taught. You know what I started? I started off doing sound. And then they needed somebody to help with radio. And I said, well, I'll help with radio if y'all need help. And then they, I was attending men's ministry. And the, the guy that we had for men's ministry, they were moving. And we lost our men's teacher. And I was really, I was young in the faith. I was maybe just a little over a year in the faith. And I was like, I've never taught before, but I'll give it a shot. The first time I taught was with the senior pastor and the assistant pastor. That's all that was there. And I was nervous as I'll get out. But God had put it on my heart to do. And God gifted me to be able to do it. I can't do this because of anything that Mike has. Mike, I've never taught in my life. Ever. Ever. God gifts that person. And every person has been given at least one gift. Some of you have multiple gifts. Multiple. And God wants you to use them. And God wants you to use them for what? The kingdom of God. Not Calvary Chapel Divine. Now, we want you to do that. That's awesome. You want to help serve? You want to do stuff? Awesome. But for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God exists everywhere you go. Think about that. It's important. So what is our application for this? As we see Paul being called to be a minister. One of the things I had put on here. Are you learning to do ministry? Are you in ministry? And so part of my job is, is to, to equip you for the ministry. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. For the equipping of the saints... For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's my job is to equip you. Now you may start off doing curtains. 
or passing out communion. And God may have something else that you haven't seen yet. And He's trying to get you to be faithful in the little things as He gives you more. But just remember, God wants to use you for the what? Kingdom of God. You you can go serve the homeless. It doesn't have to be for this church. I'll support you as you do it. You know why? Because you're doing the work of the kingdom. And you're going to be getting the gospel out to a lot of people that need Jesus Christ. And whatever we can do to help you support that, that's what we need to do. The other thing is, do you feel like you're not equipped for the calling that you have? Or maybe you don't understand what my calling is. Or maybe you're avoiding it. I'm speaking from my point of view. Um, When I was called to plant this church, I was diagnosed with uh, porphyria. And I ran from planting this church. God had already put it on me and placed everything in place for me to go out and plant the church. But I got scared. And, and even as pastor, assistant pastor at the time, I was struggling with the thought of how am I going to do ministry if I'm going to be in the hospital for two weeks at a time having to do blood transfusions. How, how can that be a healthy church? And for probably three months, I floundered. Guessing the call that God had put on my life. And the devil was winning every bit of it. I was getting knocked around. And, and you know, now that I think about it, it's in uh, probably my favorite verse in the Bible. Let me see if I can find it. I should have had it ready. But through that, it was the, 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 remember, I remember coming and, and I was preparing a study because I was still teaching men's at the time. And I was struggling with that call. I was like, man, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do because maybe I'm just supposed to sit here and be an assistant because the support will be here. So if I do get sick, somebody else will be able to step in and it won't hurt the church. And, um, and so when people are sick, I, I, man, I, I have, I, they hold a special place in my heart because I know what that is. Whether it's anxiety, whether it's, man, I, you know, I go through bouts of stuff like that because it's, what happens is I push too much oxygen into my bloodstream and it, it, you're dealing with feelings of your legs that you never thought you could feel and you're just like Lord take me now right? there are times at 3 o'clock in the morning I'm like okay Lord if this is it I'm good and, you know and then it passes and, and but um, Isaiah verse 41 Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 was a verse that came to me when I, when I was studying and I've shared this with y'all many of times Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10
if you're ever in a hole you're trying to dig yourself out of stop digging because he will strengthen you God will show you and clear up all the storms that you can answer the call if you don't know what your call is and you're going I don't know what it is start somewhere just get started I didn't know my calling was sound and I'm sure the sound team is like it wasn't your calling right but it's okay you get you start somewhere if you do that for a little bit and you go this is not it <laughs> it's okay go to something else eventually because let me tell you something when you're doing it oh praise god you get the power of the holy spirit that this man is it doesn't seem like work i i'm usually doing stuff for this church six days a week and it does not feel like work at all i love it i love it and and when god equips you and you know what it is that you're called to do man there's such a, a peace in it and a joy in it it doesn't mean that it won't be hard at times but there's a peace and a joy in it and there's grace in it and the other piece of application don't beat yourself up remember there's grace for the journey there's grace for the journey well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 